Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Monday, November 29th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, before we get to Austin Hedges' day, a uh, breakdown of our uh, Guardians 40-man roster and a, a look at Austin Hedges, uh, we, we got to talk about all of the free agent activity that's been going on uh, over the weekend. Uh, lots of signings, lots of guys uh, jumping to teams and, and getting locked in. And teams are looking to lock down these uh, sort of frontline free agents right now because uh, after Tuesday, who knows what's going going to happen? Yeah, it's crazy, Joe. And what you know, this is this is the way you you like to see the free agent market move. But usually, it's it's like molasses. You know, it does, they it lasts to uh, uh, through January, February, and then March. But you know, they're stacking up the the signings and the, and the bonuses and extensions right now and. I just think you know the, uh, you know the uh, the 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 deadline, the December first deadline on the basic agreement, and uh, you know the potential for a lockout following that if an agreement isn't reached. It's really motivating the teams and the agents. Yeah, some of the uh, uh, more active teams so far have been uh, teams like the Mets and the and the Rangers. Uh, we've also heard from Toronto. Uh, Marcus Simeon and John Gray going to Texas. Uh, Starling Marte going to the Mets. Uh, I believe Eduardo Escobar as well. Um, yeah. Kevin Gossman signs with Toronto. Uh, Abiseo Garcia to Miami. And uh, were you surprised to see Corey Kluber get a one-year deal with the Rays? Yeah, that was that was really interesting. Uh, you know, Corey keeps, uh, keeps chugging along. I mean, I know he threw the no-hitter last year, but he was on the DL for a long time too. So uh, that's, that's an interesting sign by Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, they know, you know, they really, uh, I think they probably needed an established kind of starter to go with their young rotation. And uh, you know, he should fit in well. I hope he can stay healthy and I don't know, can he do the opener? Is he going to be an opener now, Joe, <laughs> two innings and, 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 and you're out of there. Yeah. You really think of Corey Cook. Well, no, wouldn't Corey Kluber be the guy to come in after? Oh, the yeah, opener? he'd be the Corey bulk Kluber guy. Would be the, the bulk be, starter. <laughs> yeah, he'd be the guy to come in and face your six, seven, eight guys, uh, or your seven, eight, nine guys after the uh, the opener took the first two innings. Uh, no, but the the Kluber deal actually reportedly uh, really incentive heavy on 
you know, the number of starts, if he gets to something like uh, 20 to 20, uh, 25 starts, he gets, you know, an extra million and a half uh, per reaching those levels. So uh, a lot of incentive for Corey Kluber to, to stay healthy uh, and maybe pull a Charlie Morton, you know, go, go to, go to Tampa for a year or two, get, uh, get your career revitalized and then go out and, and find another club that, that's a, a contender and maybe you can uh, chase a ring that way. Yeah. You know, you, and he's gone, uh, you know, he stayed uh, with the upper, the upper echelon of, uh, you know, competitive teams, the Yankees last year, now the Rays, uh, you know, who have won a hundred games last year. And, you know, he, he's going to be reunited with Kevin Cash, uh, who was a bullpen coach uh, when uh, Corey was with the Indians. So that, that's probably a good match. I, I bet, I bet that works out well for him as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, that's, uh, and, and we know we wish the best for Corey Kluber, obviously. Uh, just looking at the Guardians sort of on the outside, looking in at this, uh, do we expect in these next 48 hours any, sign, uh, any sort of free agent signing or, or movement for Cleveland? You know, uh, just from talking to uh, Chris Antonetti over the weekend, uh, I don't think they were going to get railroaded into this, into doing anything, into caught up in the free agent frenzy. You know, there's kind of the prime guys are getting picked off now, Joe. And I don't know. I don't think the uh, Indians of the, uh, the guardians were, were in on, in on those guys. Uh, maybe, maybe they could make a trade. Maybe there's a trade brewing, you know, but uh I wouldn't be. I would be surprised if they if they jump in with both feet on on any one of these uh, kind of prime guys that are still out there. Right, and you know it hasn't been really Cleveland's uh, you know sort of way they operate uh, over the last several years. It to to jump in like you said with the the front front line guys, and when free agency moved kind of slower and was more spread out. Uh, you would see them wait and be patient and, you know, maybe kick the tires on a few of the, the mid to lower guys, but then, uh, you know, really start, sort of start to try and work their own magic as, as you got closer to spring training. And there were veteran guys and there were, uh, you know, maybe some has-beens <laughs> that they, they sort of took a look at and, uh, and, and tried to work with and, and, and bring into camp. Uh, still still a, probably a strong possibility that that's the way they're going to operate this time. Yeah, I would think so, Joe. I, and I'm also anxious to see, you know, how they uh, deal with their non-tender guys uh, tomorrow. Uh, you know, would they non-tender, uh, you know, a, a Bradley Zimmer or an Oscar Mercado? You know, that's going to be interesting. And they've got to get those, they've got to offer contracts to, you know, everybody on the 40 man who, who has fewer than uh, six years in the big leagues. Right. And uh, the, the Super 2 deadline was announced. Uh, as well, the, the cutoff for the Super 2s, I believe it was two years and, what, 116 days? Yeah, 116 days. So, you know, nothing really changed. Uh, you know, no, no, I think all the guys that were – all the players we thought were going to be eligible are eligible. You know, Miles Straw is a guy that misses by two days, Joe. He, wow. He had two years and 114 days. So he, he misses being eligible. And that's a, and that's a hard deadline, right? They don't, they don't waver on that. There's no yeah, like appeal yeah, that, process. If you miss by two days. Yeah. Uh, that's so. it. That, that stinks for miles. I, I mean, obviously he, he's a guy who uh, it, it'll be cost certainty for the, uh, for, for Cleveland uh, this year, but 
you know, Miles Straw would certainly like that first crack at uh, at arbitration. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, we mentioned that the the non-tender deadline. I guess the uh, the Major League Baseball and the Players Association agreed to move that non-tender deadline up a, a few days in front of this potential lockout date when the CBA expires on uh, December 1st. Uh, we're expecting that uh, as, as that happens, that owners are going to, you know, shut the gates and, and uh, the players will be locked out uh, beginning December 1st. Uh, there's, there's really no, been no, no real movement in that regard, uh, you know, in, in terms of a, a CBA. Yeah, you know, I, the, one th the one thing that's interesting, Joe, is there hasn't been any back and forth in, out in the public, you know, between the two sides. And that's, you know, that's, that's a rarity. You know, everybody's usually getting their shots in and leaking information uh, and you know what's going on. And right now, the, it's been really, really quiet. And I don't know, if, you know, I, I kind of think if you're an optimist, you take that as, as a good sign. Because uh, maybe maybe they are getting something done here, or maybe they've just you know kind of thrown up their hands, and uh, like uh, uh, you know, <laughs> like, like Manfred said, you know, at, at the owners' meetings, you know, we can use the, the time of the lockout to to reach a deal, and maybe they've just kind of okay, this is it, we're going to lock out, and then we can use you know this downtime to really reach a deal and not endanger the season. So we'll see. Now, I've heard that there are rumblings that, you know, uh, sometime in March, maybe like March 1st, might be the, the like the drop dead deadline where if they don't get a CBA done and in place and get things moving that, you know, after it by March 1st, that they'll have to start making adjustments to the the regular season schedule. Like if they want to open the regular season on time, March 1st is the, you know, drop dead deadline where they were it can't be done if they, if they don't hit that deadline. So is that something to be hopeful about and look forward to and say, you know, Hey, maybe sometime around Valentine's day or something, they'll have something in place. Yeah. You know, I think that would be, that, that makes sense. Uh, you know, everybody says spring training's too long anyways, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, so, I mean, that would really condense it down, you know, melt it down, but they've done that before, you know, in uh, 1995, they had what the, the big leaguers came back in in April and had like 15 days to get ready. Right. So, um, you know, it, it has happened before. It can be done, but you got to be really, really careful with your pitching if, if that's the case. Yeah, and and you know we've seen what happened when you, when you mess with the it, baseball is so much of these you know the this sort of cyclic uh, you know the pitchers in their bodies, they know when to be ready and when to, you know, when to be in their routines and whatever. And when you mess with those routines, we saw what the pandemic season did and how many injuries we saw uh, uh, all these, you know, frontline guys were, were having elbow and oblique and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I just wonder if, if we're headed for that again, if they have to condense spring training into a month, you know, and, and not give really pitchers those extra two weeks. Yeah. Cause you know, pitchers, what they say, they need six, six weeks to get ready. And, you know, if, and if the, you're locked out, are you able to talk to these guys? Uh, can you reach them on zoom? Can you organize a workouts like the Indians did, you know, before the 2020, uh, you know, 60 game sprint when they got off to that great start, because 
they were in constant contact with their pitchers and, and position players and they came to camp ready to play. So, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a big thing as well. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that's stopping the pitchers themselves from, you know, building portable mounds in front of their doorways, like uh, Carlos Carrasco <laughs> did. Uh, but I think that there's stuff in place that will prevent coaches and, and, you know, pitching coaches and, and, strength training coaches from organizing and doing activities with them over zoom or remote. Uh, yeah, that that's going to be, those, those avenues are going to be shut down uh, until an agreement is in place. And, you know, from the, from the player side, from labor side, you know, you don't want that. You don't want to be able to, it, yeah. You know, if, if they're staying united, they're not going to be talking to management about stuff like that. So. Right. Um, and like, and, and management is the guys that shut them out. So, or locked them out. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Let's head into uh, Austin Hedges. Uh, we're, we're talking uh, the, the final five guys that we're breaking down this week uh, on our podcasts, uh, looking at the 40 man roster. Uh, we're pretty sure Austin Hedges uh, has a spot locked up on that 40 man roster because uh, up until a few days ago, he was the only major league catcher on the roster. Uh, Austin Hedges came over from San Diego at the end of the 2019 season in the Mike Clevenger trade. And at $3 million uh, in, in arbitration, it, there was a question whether uh, Cleveland would, would keep him uh, at, at one point. I'm sorry, it was the 2020 season that uh, he came over. Uh, it, you know, it was, they were already paying Roberto Perez uh, at that time and uh, an extra $3 million, it was sort of the question was like, how are you going to sink this much money into catching? But uh, it turned out to be absolutely the right decision. And you could sort of see the, the vision that, that Antonetti and Chernoff had for uh, this, this situation. Austin Hedges uh, really sort of blossomed into the, the main guy for the Indians this year. Yeah. Uh, where would they be without uh, Hedges? I mean, he, he was a godsend really. I mean, uh, you know, Perez was hurt again. Now he's a, a free agent. And, uh, you know, Hedges is looks like the number one guy right now. And uh, um, just, you know, he's an experienced guy, a veteran guy. Uh, came in and caught like, what, 80, 88, 88, 90 games this past season and did a nice job. So, uh, you know, the question is, Joe, what do you think he can catch 120 games? I know he hasn't done it. Since a 2000, what 17? I think he, that that that's the last time he really was kind of a playing on a regular basis. Right. Yeah. You look back at that 2017 season with San Diego, and uh, he hit what <clears throat> 17 home runs that year. Uh, you know, it, it was the everyday guy. He was the 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 main starter. Uh, that's what he could give you if he's if he's able to stay healthy as well. It's it, the the potential is there. I think it's a, almost a case like what you had with uh, Perez, where he was a backup for a while, and once he, you know, was sort of given the keys to the to the rotation, he he really blossomed and, and sort of you know came into his own. Uh, I didn't realize this, but last season uh, Hedges led the uh, American led American League catchers with uh, in defensive runs saved. I think he had what. Uh, yeah, 12 defensive runs saved, according to fan graphs. Uh, he was the, the American League leader. Uh, so he's really, really is a, a, a defense first and a 
you know, work with the pitching staff kind of, uh, you know, catcher first, and, and then whatever kind of offense you get is sort of uh, secondary is, is sort of gravy on that. Yeah, definitely. Just, uh, you know, kind of like uh, the prototypical catch and throw, uh, you know, work with the call a good game, uh, you know, has a decent arm, um, you know, offensively, anything you get is kind of a bonus. You know, he's kind of a, you know, he's, he's an all, maybe an all or nothing, uh, you know, kind of offensive player. Um, you know, he hit, uh, you know, he still hit 10 home runs last year in 286 at bats, but he also, you know, uh, struck out 87 times in 286 at bats. So, you know, he, he kind of, he, he's up there hacking. He's not, he's not taking too many walks. And, uh, you know, I like the fact you can bat him at the, the bottom of the order, Joe, he, he, he was seventh in the American league with uh, sacrifice bunts. And, you know, he does what you're supposed to do as, as an offensive player. Right. He did spend, uh, about a week on the uh, the injured list with a concussion after he got hit in the head with a pitch uh, in June. Um, he the 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 Indian uh, Cleveland was forty eight and thirty seven in games that he started, uh, and Cleveland pitchers had a three point nine three ERA uh, with hedges behind the plate. So, you know that's one of the main things that Terry Francona looks for in a catcher is how he handles that pitching staff. And it's a young pitching staff. Obviously it's a really young pitching staff and, and hedges really does seem to have the right temperament and approach, uh, especially with the young guys. We hear, you know, and, and we can see how uh, uh, guys like Tristan McKenzie have developed a relationship with and a rapport with Austin hedges and, you know, it's, a, it, it's good to see those kinds of relationships as well. Uh, he'll be able to grow with these young, young pitchers on the staff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, he's enthusiastic. You know, he's, he's into the game. He's, you know, he, and he, you know, he knows his job is to work with the pitching staff and get the best out of that pitcher every day, you know, every day that, that he's out there. And uh, he's done a nice job with that show. I really... I really think he, you know, Francona loves him, loves, uh, you know, the attitude, the energy he brings to the club. And uh, the pitchers, you know, seem to enjoy throwing to him as, as those numbers, you know, 40, 48 and 37, 3.93 ERA point out. I did a, uh, a feature on Austin Hedges prior to the Williamsport uh, uh, game against the Angels where we talked about when he was growing up and playing uh, little league baseball or, or travel baseball, little league um, in Southern California. He had a team that had five or six major leaguers on that travel team. Uh, and he played in tournaments with guys like Bryce Harper, Michael Lorenzen, uh, David Fletcher, Matt Chapman, all these guys who are our big league guys. And uh, it was just impressive just to see and, and to hear Austin talk about it. I mean, this is something he's been, that's been a part of him since he was very young and uh, the, the passion that he has for not just catching, but just the game of baseball was, was really, it came across really clear. So uh, he's, a, he's a really good guy to have around. I, I still, it's funny to me. I walk into a, a Dick sporting goods now and you can find Austin hedges catching gear uh, from, from, I believe it's from under armor or whatever on the, 
on the shelves there you can buy a whole set of uh, youth catching gear for your kid and it's like austin austin hedges picture on it it's from when he was with san diego too it was when the the endorsement was signed so so i just think it's pretty cool the that you know kids around here can walk into the the sporting goods store and come out with a a box of catching gear that has austin hedges picture picture on it <laughs> he's making waves <laughs> yeah no. I, I, molding the next generation i guess uh uh, what does Austin Hedges need to do, or what would a good season in 2022 be for Austin Hedges? You know that that's a good uh, question, Joe. I you know could it could he come back and and re- replicate what he did in 2017? You know when he slashed uh, 214, 262, 398 with uh, you know 18 homers, 55 RBIs. Um, you know I I don't know if they'd let him catch that many games. Right now, uh, what is he? He's well, he's only 29, right? So, I mean, right. you certainly, if he could stay healthy, you could do that. I, I think, uh, but you know, you, you would like to see a little higher batting average, I think, or a little more, you know, just get on base a little more, a little more contact. Yeah, would be great. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but you know, obviously, if you're, you know, if you're dependent on Austin Hedges to drive the offense, you, you haven't done a good, you haven't done a good enough job putting a, putting the team together, your lineup together, because this is a guy that's, you know, the classic, uh, you know, you know, kind of defense first and or handle the pitching staff and, and then, you know, take your hacks when you get them. Uh, you know, the, the thing that's going to be interesting, Joe, what, what do you think you're going to do for a backup? Yeah, they've got Sandy Leon on the, uh, on the roster right now. Uh, and they're familiar with him and they like the way that he handles a, a pitching staff. Uh, he, he obviously doesn't bring you a lot offensively either, uh, but uh, guys that they put on the 40-man roster, they put Brian Lavastida on the 40-man roster. Now, he's super young. He might need almost the whole season yeah. at, uh, at at AAA to, to sort of season himself and get ready, but I could see him by the by the end of the year. Maybe, maybe Lavastida comes up uh, if you think that Sandy Leone can can make it that long, and, and hey, there's still a possibility that, that you know, Roberto Perez signs back here if he doesn't yeah. get any any nibbles from uh, another club. But I think uh, I think somewhere some someone's going to take Roberto Perez and and make him a, a bigger part of what they're trying to do uh, with a contending team next season. So so yeah, you might have to piece it together with Sandy Leone or you know uh, another sort of uh, cast off catcher, a more veteran guy. Uh, to bridge that gap to uh, La Vistita, uh before they do that. Uh, but Hedges threw out, what, 10 of 41 base runners last year? 24.4%. Yeah, so, I mean, he's he's going to do the job defensively. You know that anything you get offensively is just uh, is icing on the cake for that. All right. And I think, uh, you, know, Hoynesy, frame, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Go ahead. But, but framing-wise, I think, you know, his grade wasn't that great, Uh as a, as a framer, but I think a lot of that had to do with, I don't think he thought he would be catching as much as he did a and a B was with so many different pitchers that, you know, that you got, he had to learn on the fly a lot. So maybe that, you know, this, when he comes, he'll become a, you know, he'll, he'll frame better, you know, with, with more knowledge of his pitching staff next season. Yeah. Another year under his belt with him will, will probably help. All right, Hoinsie, we will be back again tomorrow with another look at uh, another 
uh, player on the 40-man roster here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.